G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Coming up today on The Story... It's Christmas time. It's Christmas time. It's Christmas time and Bing Crosby is on the radio singing about Christmas snow and for one day, one glorious day, the shops cease their screaming. The neighbours go from their quiet, cold selves to mildly friendly with a shy smile and gentle wave. It's like magic. It's happening. It's Christmas time. The Story. G'day, I'm Jimmy Colfax. Welcome to a special Christmas edition of The Story. Today, we have a special treat for you. Award-winning poet, writer and performer, John Iglesias is with us and we'll be reciting his poem, It's Christmas Time. really captures the spirit of this time of year here in Australia. He'll also share some of his story and how he became involved in writing poetry in the first place. John is having a chat with Eric Scatterbo in our Melbourne studios. Welcome to the program, John Iglesias. G'day, how are we doing? Glad to have you with us. And hey, that was such a great experience. The other night, uh, my wife and I went to see It's a Wonderful Life. They did a 1940s radio drama version of it. This was a play at a local church. Actually, it was a number of churches combined put this on. Yes. But before it all began, they had some Christmas carols, and then some guy said a poem. (laughs) <laughs> and that was you. <laughs> yes. How did that come about? Um, well, I was contacted by uh, the organizers of that group. I have um, connection with Christian Artist Factory and the, the Australian Fireplace Group, a collection of uh, Christian artists here in Australia. All people I know nothing about. <laughs> uh, so, uh, all good and well. They basically um, got in touch with me and said, we would love to have some poetry to intersperse with the music, but we'd like it to be centered around wonder, which was the theme for the entire night. Okay. And so, I, I gave some thought to it and went how do i how do i talk about christmas and 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 what happens for me and because i'm from a huge family i'm the second of five boys you have um, a greek background greek background um as you can tell from the surname in glossos a bit of a mouthful <laughs> um I decided, well, the best way to recount it is to talk about the mayhem of the day. Now, just wait, did you write that poem just for this occasion? Yes. Oh, I thought this was like, you know, when you just pulled out of your pocket. (laughs) No, 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 no. bespoke poetry. um, No, um, uh, doing stuff tailor-made is always, I think, uh, more personal. Um, Wow, so my wife and I had the special treat of hearing the debut Mm. of your poem. Yes. So this was specially for this performance that we were able to hear. That's right. Well, let's share it with our audience here today. Great. It's Christmas time. It's Christmas time. It's Christmas time and Bing Crosby is on the radio singing about Christmas snow and for one day, one glorious day, the shops cease their screaming. The neighbours go from their quiet, cold selves to mildly friendly with a shy smile and gentle wave. It's like magic. It's happening. It's Christmas time and the chicken is roasting and the gravy is stirred and the potatoes are baked and fresh crusty bread is buttered thick right to the edges. We pull out the fancy cutlery, set the table with the best we can supply, shake the dust off the ornaments, set out the long candles, re-glue the gifts back into the wise men's hands. I have to say it. It's such a strange way to mark off the time 
To place a tree inside the living room, we turn each branch heavy and adorn this prickly pine with any colour we can find. The angel which I made when I was little is dangled precariously, yet takes pride of place in the centre of the tree. It is painted silver and is made entirely out of pasta. Tubular rigatoni body, macaroni curved arms, capoletti for a halo and strange smile, and those little, those little bow ties for the wings. How this little fragile thing has lasted all these years, I'll never know. It's Christmas time, and the doorbell keeps ringing, and every time you open it, someone you love greets you. How is that even possible? And they shake off the weather, and they step across the threshold, and they've brought you something, and it smells delicious, and it looks shiny, and it feels mm, weighty. And we are bowled over by a crashing embrace, and this is when home is home. It's Christmas time. And the kids are running laps around the living room, dodging, grabbing hands like rabbits in a veggie patch. And just like every other year, my great uncle gives us yet another tin of butter cookies. I think he has bought them in bulk and keeps them stowed in a secret pantry somewhere. I like the biscuits shaped like a pretzel. They'll be the first to go because they have the most sugar on them. Children know these things. It's Christmas time. And for at least one day, we live like we are in abundance. Even if we are not, connect the tables, pull back the chairs, make room for more. Even if there is not, there is always room for more. The lights sparkle, the laughter grows, the carols play, the conversation swells, the voices raise, the newborn prays, the noise is joy, and something is burning. It's Christmas time, and the chicken is on fire, and the potatoes aren't helping, and my grandma is telling stories, and my grandpa is talking politics, and the wine has strangely vanished, and there is wrapping everywhere, and the house is a mess. But give thanks, everyone, give thanks. Another year has come and gone. Scrape off the burnt bits. Serve one another. We made it. Yes, we made it. Mind you, we don't always agree. Years on, and there still remains the less than ideal table conversations that really could have been saved for another time, but weren't. For better or worse, we are here together as family. My mother sheds a proud tear, seeing everybody seated and fed. It's Christmas time. And the dishes pile high, and the stomachs stretch, and the songs vanish into the air. And after every in-law has been hugged, and every parent has been thanked, and the tide recedes, and the silence settles in, we survey the wreckage. Oh boy! It all seems so much effort. And at my most cynical, I, I probably ask, why do we do this? It seems so impractical. My bank account is screaming, and the rat race is still waiting. How long may we keep this mad animation suspended? How do we show the people that are special to us that they are special to us? How do we do this? Remember, how do I do this right? Remember, in all the brimming and the boiling over, this day anchors into the deep of me. We are marking off the time like heights against the doorframe. Reread my father's handwritten cards. Replay all the laughter. Hold these gifts. Be thankful. Yes, it's just a scarf, but it was hand knitted. Yes, it's just a meal. Ah,、oh, but it's what you do with it. Yes, it's just a pair of socks, but well, my other ones were getting old. 
Yes, it's just a picture, but you drew us and used every colour in the set. We hold on to the good bits, scrape off the burnt bits. It's Christmas time. It's messy and it's noisy and we crash like a tide against one another. This day is a converging of all the waves, a confluence of young and old. We receive each other in all our scurf and scurry, and my shoreline does not feel the same as before. I have been shifted. I have trodden and I have been tread upon. It's Christmas time. It is costly, but it is lovely. So much is given because so much has been given. In this time, in this place, in this life, hasn't this all been so terribly wonderful? We are sorry grateful. We are tired full. We are striving freedom. We are empty abundance. We are exhausted delight. We are clumsy waltzing. We tumble through this thing together, and I would not miss it for the world. It's Christmas time. So wrap your hearts in paper. Write your love into a card. Seal it in an envelope. Engrave hope in every embrace. Hang your memories like ornaments you do not wish to break. It seems so quaint, so unreasonable, like an angel made from pasta, but joy. Joy is not a thing which can be seen unless it is dangled precariously. And all of this is the least we can do, to mark off the season and give thanks and say, Yes, I have been blessed. It's Christmas time, and this time would not be the same without you. And I, I would not be the same without you. Thank you. <laughs> it's Christmas time, and that really sums it up. The good, the bad, the ugly, I guess you could say. Everything in between. What's kind of the, the big idea behind some of that? Well, for myself, the intention of this was to focus on gratitude and family. I also think that, I mean, this is a, a season that we've been given to remember Christ and to understand that in as much as a gift was given divinely then we have this opportunity to overflow now mm -hmm. and I think that people will do that in whatever capacity and means they can sometimes people are well off and sometimes you know we're, we're you know we're, we're, we're you know sharing things and doing very humble meals but I think that this particular time of year marks off or gives people opportunity to say I wish to respond in a way which is abundant Mm -hmm. And I believe that that is a far more encouraging and hopeful narrative than what we're hearing on the news. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and what has been the response? The response for this particular poem has been um, people saying it reminds them of certain Christmases they've had. It brings back, I mean, nostalgia is a wonderful thing and, and, and the provoking of memory of scent and, and sight and sound. Um I've had people say that this reminds them of childhood or reminds mm, yeah. them of having loved ones around that aren't around anymore. Um, it's full spectrum because you're just providing a space for people to access their imagination. Imagination is the back door to the soul. You know, people yeah, will yeah. unravel that and sort of go, wow, I didn't realize there is, there is all of these things in memory that I, I go back to these rooms. And you're kind of unlocking those rooms, so yeah. to speak, for the listener Absolutely. in your own way. But for you uniquely, you had the macaroni ornament. 
Oh yes, yeah, yeah. No, it was it was a Sunday school project of you know like sticking together these these elements into into a shape and then and then you know painting it silver or gold. I pick silver and and I don't know how it is, but I think Mum's you know wrapped it up in cotton balls or something. But it, it lasted for it's years. It's yeah. You know, I I don't know if it's still around now. I don't know if it survived a couple of house moves. But you know, it's it's um, it was. Uh, it was there a long was, time? Absolutely, absolutely. And I mean. You know these things get accumulated and, and then put away, but you know the, the things that people hold, whether it's you know physical items or, or or you know just memories in your head. There's so much to be treasured. You're listening to a special Christmas edition of the story. Today, award-winning poet, writer, and performer John Iglesias is sharing with us some of his Christmas poetry. Next, we're going to find out about his background and how he became involved in writing poetry in the first place. That and more when we return. If this program has highlighted something you'd like prayer for, we'd love to pray for you. Call 1-800-PRAY-FOR-ME. That's 1-800-772-936. It's a free call. Or text 0401 132 888. Hi, I'm Jimmy Colfax, and this is a special Christmas edition of The Story. Today, Eric Scadabo is chatting with award-winning poet, writer and performer, John Inglesos. Before the break, we heard him recite his poem called It's Christmas Time. In a little bit, he'll share with us another poem he's written inspired by Christmas called Even Now. But first, John will share about his background and how he became a poet in the first place. I was born in Adelaide but raised in Melbourne. I'm the second of five boys um, with Greek parents on both sides of the family. Uh, raised as Australian, never learned the language, uh, and never learned the Greek language. Um, not but, the Australian uh, language. Right? Not the, Austra- <laughs> oh, the Australian language is a whole other can of worms. The, um, <laughs> um, but uh, because mum and dad met in a choir at, at university, um, I have been, I've always had music and theatre and performance as part of my upbringing. Mm-hmm. Um, I grew up in music theatre. I've been performing in non-professional productions since I was um, 16. Um, At a particular point in time, I realised that it was a lot of effort to rehearse and learn other people's words over and over. So I I took what I had been doing in high school by way of uh, writing things and and doing poetry just into a page and, and, you know, addressing you know, bullying questions of identity and all that kind mm-hmm. of thing and then and turning it towards using the um the open mic scene that exists in Melbourne and and sharing story and saying, Well, I've learned some things and and I want to impart hope. This is the thing that I have in me that I want to overflow. So mm-hmm. so yeah, I um I was encouraged uh care of a gentleman called Joel McCarrow, who's a um a, a, an Australian known poet uh and very well published and he encouraged me to well, get up on stage and, and do the thing. Um why keep it inside of a book? I'm just reflecting uh, listening to you mm. that why aren't there more Christian poets because a large part of the Bible is poetry. You know, the whole book of Psalms is yes. there. And, of course, your tradecraft is working with words. Yes. Well, Jesus was the word. 
That's right. <laughs> Word become flesh. Yeah. I, I mean, I also note, like, you know, the first thing that comes out of Adam's mouth, you know, in as much as it's recorded in the Bible, is poetry. You know, God says, name the animals, but he, they don't set about recounting a list there. It's only when he sees woman, he says, at last, bones of my bones, flesh of my flesh. It's exclamation simile on simile. Um, Thank you for a, that little uh, <laughs> English lesson. I just, no, I just, I love it. So the, the idea that. But it's poetry. It is poetry. I think that um, it is kind I of just. Let me stop here. Words. Let's yeah, just stop. No. The first time a man saw a woman, he exclaimed, "Poetry!" That's right. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Message to both the men and the women out there. There you go. Now you have not only done poetry; mm. you also did an internship at your church. Yes, um, I was. How did that go? That was immense. It. it switched on my brain like a uh, big time i'm i'm a very inquisitive mind and part of um i suppose not having you know the the happiest upbringing in school just sort of meant that you know i've had a lot of time to sort of you know dig through god's word what for was myself what was the issue in school well i was um being Greek Australian is obviously the the racial aspect of things. Not to be able to, not that you're necessarily you know, called wog or these sorts of mm. things. Um, but I look different. I sound different. I was hairier than other people. You know, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Pick a pick a feature, and and I w- I would be different from the norm. Um, for myself, the narrative that I was receiving at school is that you are you are too much this or you're not enough that. Mm. Be taller, be quieter, sit lower. You know, don't don't speak so loud. Don't you know, stick your neck. Whatever out you so do, don't far. say that poetry stuff. Don't say that poetry <laughs> stuff. You know, don't um, you know, uh, share in the context that we expect you to share mm. in, um, and fit neatly. But you know, the narrative that I was receiving at home was from my parents. You know, Psalm one thirty nine. You're fearfully and wonderfully made. You know, all of God's works are marvelous. You know that right well. And my anchor point has been in what God has declared over me in my life to be able to say that. I am a work in progress. I am fearfully one of made. I am his child. Those are the anchor points that no matter what other circumstance it's about blowing around, mm-hmm. those are things that have, if nothing else, kept me sane <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and and given me permission to say, no, I have voice. I, I do have something to share and I've, I've been made to listen. I've been made to be heard. And so I will take that opportunity. Wow. So on a practical level, your faith really anchored you. Absolutely. Going back to your poetry, yeah, you've had some tremendous success. Absolutely, tell us so, about that. So, um, within uh, my introduction into the Melbourne spoken word scene was to be um, the sacrificial poet. The sacrificial poet is to is the person who warms up the crowd at the beginning of a night. Um, oh, I was wondering what that meant. It's, <laughs> the uh, sacrificial. The poet. sacrificial poet is the one who um, who basically warms up the oh, crowd okay. and says okay. uh, gives the judges sort of like a litmus test, but it's a non scored outcome. Um, so the main competition gathering within Melbourne is called Slamalama Ding Dong. It's a mouthful, um, <laughs> and it is sounds uh, like something arty people. Would it come sounds up with. like something arty, but you're quite right. Um, there is, is this conversation. You know, do we need to you know, rechange it, make it simpler? Oh, anyway, no, it's great. So it's great. I was. Um, I was a sacrificial poet, and this particular night, the grand finals of this particular year, everyone is bringing their dark nugget that they've had stored up for the year to present on the table, and so they they put this you know big heavy heavy piece in, and I came in and I did a piece called "If the World Were Upside Down." It was about a man saying, "Yeah, what if the rich were poor, and what if the poor were rich, and what if we stopped and spent time around the fireplace, and and a whole bunch of what ifs," mm-hmm. and it was. Um, 
It was rhyming. Um, it was done in the style of Dr. Seuss, and um, and it's now the title of my book. But at any rate, I performed that, and I ended up scoring better than the competitors. Um, wow. Which, not that my scores matter, but it, it was one of those things where I went, wow, um, you can you can bring all this calls to arms, heavy sort of things, or you can bring something that is hopeful, that is questioning, and it's saying what if, and it's opening up that that potential for further mm. thought and reflection. So I have been in the spoken word scene now for six years. I'm the Melbourne 2015 spoken word champion. So I won a couple of years later. Wow. Um, I've represented from Australia, so um, the Slammer team um, sent a crew of four poets across to America to represent in the National Poetry Slam over there, which is effectively like the Olympics of poetry. Wow. And so the director of that place said, you guys are the newest team, get up and you know perform something in a couple of minutes. I jumped up and I performed the piece called I Was There, which is basically saying... Um, one of the lines is, a young lady once said to me, I always thought about writing poetry, but someone else has already written it, probably done it better, so why should I bother? And so I said to her, every note on the piano has already been played, yet we still play. You know, mm. God created you to be heard, so be heard. We're not your competition, we are your audience, And which got, you know, a fairly good response. Um, <laughs> yeah. But yeah, when you, when you tell people, you know, that the sharing of a thing is... Uh, is part of you know is part of the divine gift of life. Well, speaking of poetry, you have mm. another poem for us. Yes, in keeping with the Christmas season. Yes, what is this one called? Uh, this one's called Even Now, and I wrote it a couple of years ago, just before Christmas Day. Even now, even now, even now, we trawl through all the bad news for some good. Even now, people struggle through oppression and seek freedom. Even now, the stargazers look up hopeful at the sky. Even now, broken hearts all cry out for peace and healing. Even now, the earth groans like a mother in first labor. Even now, corrupt rulers fear a baby in a manger. Even now, the soul thirsts and keeps thirsting for its savior. Even now, God draws near, hears our cry, enters story. Even now, Emmanuel, God is with us. God is for us. Even now, a father's worry, a mother's heart all flows over. Even now, a child born means the story gets to change. Even now, wise men seek him, are amazed at this deep mystery. Even now, all the stars blink their eyes, quite astonished. Even now, it's profound. God came down to cry with us. Even now, we are waiting, we are seeking, we are holding. Even now, the greatest life is the humblest life laid down. Even now, heavens whisper peace and goodwill, God's own favor. Even now, God's inviting people to his loving arms. Even now, come and see, this heart of mine is gently healing. Even now, I am learning, I am growing. I am changing, even now, Emmanuel, God is with us, God is for us, even now, he is here, he is love, and that's good news, even now, even now, even now. Thank you. Amen. <laughs> Just love that, that image of God's 
loving arms are waiting for us and something to dwell on during the Christmas season. Yes. And the whole year through. Mm. John Inglesos, thank you so much for sharing your story and your poetry with us today. Thank you for having me. That was Eric Scadabo chatting with award-winning poet, writer and performer, John Inglesos. And it was a special treat to hear his original poetry inspired by the Christmas season. And if you'd like to find out more information about John and his poetry, just do a Google search. Type in John E. Poetry. That's the name he goes by online, John E. Poetry. Just type that in and you can see some of his videos on YouTube or his Facebook page and all the other places he has his poems located on the internet. It's great to see him using his creativity for the Lord. And one of the reasons we're able to create is because we are created in God's image. And He has gifted people with different abilities like music, art, poetry, and storytelling. Creativity is a wonderful blessing from God that transports us beyond the ordinary and into a world of imagination. And it's just one of the many things that make Christmas such a special time of year. Well, thanks for joining us for John's poetry and his story. I'm Jimmy Colfax, wishing you God's richest blessings to you and your family as you celebrate the birth of Jesus. Merry Christmas, and may you have a blessed new year. Next time on The Story. It didn't matter where I turned or what I was listening to. It was like the Lord saying, apply for this job. And I'm going, no way, Lord. I know that, I, Lord, I'm ready to go wherever you want me to go, but just don't send me to the young people. So I had finally realised it was all about what the Lord was trying to show me wasn't me getting this job. It was about stepping outside my comfort zone. Donna Faye was quite content working as a nurse in South Australia when she was challenged by God to get out of her comfort zone become a school chaplain. At first she resisted, but now says it was the best thing that could have happened to her. But then she was challenged to get even further out of her comfort zone. We'll find out Donna's story next time. The story. Just another way vision is connecting faith to life. 